In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 307. That's right. We're talking Green Lanterns 35 and 36, known as O Bolfunga, Where Art Thou? Also known as Bolfunga the Unremarkable. <laughs> hey, watch that, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Them fighting words, man. <laughs> or, oh. or, or Bolfunga the Emasculated. That might be an even better way. <laughs> I was thinking with the unre whatever <laughs> word, but yeah, that could work. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Mark is going to take thirty-five. I'll take thirty-six, and that's really going to be it for this episode. Uh, so, Mark, go ahead, take it away, man. Alrighty, uh, let's see where the hell's the creative. Oh, good, the creative team's actually—it's actually on the second page of the issue. You gotta like when that happens. And and the actual title of the first part of the story arc is old. Oh, Bullfunga, where art thou? Part one. <laughs> no tricky <laughs> titles in this one. Uh, Tim Seeley writer, Barry Pencils, uh, Santarelli Inks, Ariola Colorist, Dave Sharp Letterer, uh, McCone and Ribeiro did the cover, uh, Brandon Peterson did the variant cover, Andrew Marino, Cotton, and still hanging on for at least a few issues more, Eddie Braganza, or your editorial group. So we begin in Portland, Oregon, which, again, I'm telling you, this this lovely stump cafe, that sounds like if they were making a porn, that's where they'd be working. The lovely stump cafe. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. So as for, for as we re- probably remember, uh, most people, since we didn't do this that long ago, not because it's that important a fact, Jessica was interviewing to try to – she wanted to be a waitress at the, uh, at the lovely stump. <laughs> but – but her boss there didn't uh, really feel comfortable throwing her back onto the floor because of her, not just the gap in her resume, but because of her anxiety. They wanted to start her out in the kitchen first. So this issue begins where Jessica's basically telling telling her boss, telling Mort that, you know, I, you know, I appreciate you starting me out in, in the kitchen and everything and taking me on, yada, yada. But I'm re- I feel comfortable. I'm ready now. You know, I, I really want to go out, work on, t- on the floor. And meanwhile, she's ta- as she's trying to con- to express her thoughts to Mort. You know, we hear clanging in from from outside in the in the in their their cafe, and we hear you know <laughs> we we hear a lot of uh, braggadocious kind of stuff, which opens the door for literally the, the first splash page of the issue, which reveals guess who's <laughs> guess who's shooting off his mouth again? Bullfunga the unrelenting. With a bullhorn, no less. You gotta love that. <laughs> the man comes prepared. <laughs> the more and more we hear him boast, the more and more I, I, the the word unrelenting 
doesn't sound like you know a warrior who just right, refuses to quit, but up. like just, <laughs> who just yeah, who won't shoot the hell up. See that, see that, see that, that part as we'll talk about obviously in this issue and in, in yours with the with the retcon going on <laughs> with Bullfunger. That I, see if they if they just did something clever like you just said about the name, it's like he's he's unrelenting just because he just doesn't shut the hell up. That would be cute. But where they kind of went with it, yeah, I don't really know. Uh, so, basi- <laughs> uh, so basically, Bullfung is there shooting off his mouth because seemingly, of course, this is seemingly being the key word. He want he he's looking to throw down with a, with with Jessica to you know to have this big mano e mano fight for for no other reason other again on the surface other than he's Bullfunga and this is what he does. So Jessica's Jessica's really upset because she finally took her a week. You know, to, to build up confidence to talk to Mort about wanting to go to actually be waitressing, and Bullfunga ruined it, and everything else. And so, you have a few, you know, you have a few a few pages of uh, Jessica and Bullfunga squaring off. Uh, I kind of I I do kind of like the way some Bullf- the way Bullfunga talks is kind of funny. I like I like you're fared admirably in hand to hand combat. It's like uh. But now, now, now he now Bullfunger unleashes his bystander, bystander endangering skulker, otherwise known as a big gun. <laughs> oh, Bullfunger, you gotta love him. Now, now we, now we cut out to uh, what the safe house, right? The Green Lantern, one of the Green Lantern sector, um, se- sector, yeah, sector house, sector houses. Uh, well, we also see a common thread we'll be picking up on in the next few issues. As the subtitles go, and Simon gets his wick dipped, and this is part. This is the first. This is the first example of that, because apparently, which is actually this part again. There's and all this stuff, even if you don't like everything about it, there's some clever ideas here. The idea that there's a that there's a superhero dating app that was pretty. That was pretty good. I like that. And some people who can you know, again, people who can relate to each other. It's not. It's kind of like ChristianMingle.com with like capes and superpowers. <laughs> But Simon Simon just hooked up with uh, hooked up with this uh, night pilot chick uh, who kind of dresses like the Rocketeer, and Simon, Simon kind of gets a note of his ring sends off a notification that Jessica needs you know needs help, and <laughs> Simon's kind of making this awkward uh, post-coital talk, uh, a little kind of pillow talk even though they're, they're getting out of bed at, you know at this point by 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 virtue of having of Simon's alarm. His alert, and Simon's making, you know, Simon seeming, seemingly wants to do this again and everything else, you know, with Veronica's her name, right? Her real name. Uh, yeah, yeah. not her night pilot. Yeah, but Veronica's her real name. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, he tries, he tries to, he, he basically is trying to set something up again for, down the road, but she doesn't seemingly have much of an interest in that. <laughs> Even though I don't necessarily know with this, oh. Uh, I, I, I like it's like a, I'm a little too old to date a man who's squatting. He's, he's like it, he's in outer space though. <laughs> it's not like he's living in somebody's garage, but I guess to her, and she's kind of like, eh, it's all right. Just uh, let me let me let me go to the bathroom, then you can drop me back home and, and, and you know back in New York. And Simon's like, okay. So this didn't quite go. It may have gone at one point the way Simon wanted. The 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 post did not go well. He makes a, he makes a comment to the ring. To, to call Lysith back, uh, who we met in the last story arc, and it's, that's a cute little so, uh, segue to find out what's happening to Angara, and Lysith's uh, Lysith's mother, the Re- Regent Vok, uh, 
is being taken uh, to see something and she doesn't know why and all of a sudden she finds out that her her co-worker there someone who was on her her associate who worked on her ship a member of her crew Commodore sight or sit uh, is was, was killed and it's even it certainly seems like based on the you know the what the uh, the mucus and all this DNA, physical DNA evidence if you will it kind of points to the fact that the molites might be the ones who actually killed him uh, Simon is flying in to rescue Jessica, or not rescue, this might be a strong word, to help Jessica, and of course he has no idea who Bullfunga is when, you know, when she tells him, we got Bullfunga, and of course his ring his ring does a cute little uh, recap of who Bullfunga is and everything else. So she, uh, Simon shows up, he and Jessica start talking about everything and about what's been going on, and she mentioned, oh, you know, he's Bofunga challenged me to a duel. It's like everything, you know. I mean, a little banter, but nothing super relevant. Then, Bo, I, then Bofunga comes charging back out, take, taking them both on. You know, they, they start. They, there's like this cabin in the woods that they see, and they start they start running running towards it as Bofunga keeps pressing the attack. Then they kind of, you know, they kind of get there, and then they kind of realize that it's not really a cabin, and basically it's Bofunga's ship that was using some kind of cloaking device for camouflage. And as soon as Bullfunga gets inside his Cosmo cruiser. There, he kind of he kind of comes clean and says, "I really didn't want to, you know, I seek a duel to the death. You know, I, it's like I I I need your help." And then we kind of get a <clears throat> we kind of get a recap of where what happened, why Bullfunga is even out to begin with, because we knew that the last time we saw him, he was in the science cell. And we'll talk about the way this they they show the science cells here, you know, in a second. But basically, what happens is Bullfunga he gets you know he gets sentenced. As we saw with John Stewart, he's got to stay there for a certain amount of time. But then the rest of his crew, who he kind of who he kind of ratted out, show up, and Bullfunga, in his infinite wisdom, kind of during moments of being in, <laughs> intoxicated, basically kind of confessed that a lot of his reputation about being such a badass has been greatly inflated <laughs> and blown out of proportion. So pretty much, his own crew kind of like jumps him and beats the crap out of him, and because. And the word kind of spreads throughout the science cells that Bullfunga's reputation really isn't deserved. So pretty much almost everybody in the science cells beats the shit out of him and makes him his bitch, their bitch pretty much, unfortunately. And, you know, Bullfunga kind of like, you know, he kind of like, he, he cries for help or tries to explain the situation. Nobody gives a crap. So Bullfunga's not living the good life, let's put it this way, in on, in prison. Then he gets visited out of the blue by... Uh, an attorney supposedly named Sing- Singularity Jane, who promises that you know she would get him released from the science cells. And Bolfunga says, "Well, yeah, that that sounds good, but I have nothing to trade. You know, I have no money." And she goes, "I'll, I'll only ask. You know, at some point when the time comes, I'll only ask for a small payment. So when that happens, you have to pretty much do what I tell you to do." So she agrees. Bolfunga gets released three days later. You know, he makes it. He makes his way back home, and then he basically he finds out that he was given a a mysterious what white envelope which had a name of somebody who he needed to kill, um, and if he didn't kill, but kill uh, this person within a week more or less, Bolfunga was going to be the one who was going to be dead, and we find and we find out that the person who unfortunately for Bolfunga, who was on his list to kill, was his own father, <laughs> Boff the Unkillable, <laughs> and of course, didn't you, you catch the little typo on that? on that Boss the Unkillable page on the bottom. 
Mm. It's right on the bottom. There. Yeah, it's on the panel when Bullfunga's holding the, your, the price is your own life if you fail me. I don't see it. Received. Received a spell room. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, it might be right on mine. It's not, Mine's well, digital, though, so... That's you, more, they, they usually fix the digital copies. Well, I'll double-check it to make sure, but uh, on mine, too. But hold on. Uh, so, wrapping up the issue of... There was, uh, John and Jessica told Jessica... Based, John and... John got the story from Jessica and Simon, that version of what Bofunga told them. John doesn't believe it. He, he points... You know, his story's a lot... The way the story seemingly shows up in his monitors and everything else is a lot is a lot different than the story Bofunga is telling. So Simon doesn't really think that's uh, he's just full of it. Just, just just bring him in for violating his parole, essentially. As we're getting you know, as we're getting intercut between uh, Boff kind of like talking about you know how you know my shame is great. You know my son, not just because you you know, you've bragged about your victories and because of your cowardice. It's like you know I'm ashamed because I prayed prayed in anger to Pashi unclean the Senate. It's inverted angels. To suck my own son's soul back to the bottomless depths of which it came, and this is being intercut with sing- Singularity Jane uh, making her way to Oregon and basically like uh, just s- literally sucking the essence out of this truck driver and leaving him like a like a skin, an empty husk. Not even a husk, just just like a just just skin. And thus ends thus ends the uh, first part of this. Next, yeah. Black Hole Sun. Black, yeah, but it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, that's a, the title is cute. Um, yeah. Yeah. Tim Seeley's a fan of uh, Soundgarden, evidently. It's and a good it, song. I haven't heard that song in a while. So is your, so in your digital copy, it's, it's, it's. Uh, it's let me even, double check. Because, yeah. because it's smaller on my screen, right. I couldn't really tell. Let me zoom in. Because it should be C E I, and they. Have, yeah, mine's mine's misprinted too. So okay, yeah. Yeah. So they, that's that's a I before E, except after C, people. So, a couple cool things. Uh, Seeley is enjoying himself. He's creating two new characters, which are new enough that, and well written enough, that, at least, that I'm like, wait, is he like researching, uh, you know, characters that haven't been used in the DCU before? Because I looked up both Night Pilot and uh, Singularity Jane, and supposedly, based on what I could see, neither of them have appeared in the DCU before. But what was interesting, and maybe like, Real excited for a second, uh, only for a second, until I realized Google had just screwed up the keyword search. <clears throat> when I looked up uh, Night Pilot DC Comics, a link pulled up related to Dusk from Final Night. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> we're, we're talking about, is this Dusk? That's, that's interesting. Whatever happened to her? But it's not Dusk. <laughs> it was just like... It was pulling up the keywords and just trying to stitch everything together. So that sucked. For a minute, I was super excited. <laughs> I was like, wow. About, about the only thing about this arc you probably were super excited about. <laughs> well, Singularity Jane's cool. We'll get into her yeah, in a minute. Yeah. Uh, she kind of – now, you can – guys, I, I got five volumes of, of Swamp Thing, uh, Alan Moore Swamp Thing for Christmas. I haven't completely dove into yet. So my kind of venturing into the supernatural titles of DC is just about to begin. But from what I know, she sort of reminds her power set kind of reminds me of um, Shade. Yeah, that's probably 
That probably seems shade. Really- I mean, he he's not like an endless black hole that you know sucks in a bunch of energy or whatever. But he is shade. The mantle, the shade, uh, you know, can cast blackness all around, kind of the same way Obsidian does. But like that's that's kind of what Singularity Jane reminded me of. <clears throat> but I could be wrong again. I don't have a huge extensive backstory with Shade. I know that that takes place more in like the Starman side of things. Um, but yeah, that was cool. I did like some of the constructs that Jessica made. Uh, you know, she's she's out in the woods hunting Bolfunga, so she's got a shotgun, yes. <laughs> which is funny. She protects herself in the city using things like a turtle shell and then <laughs> slaps him with a construct fish. <laughs> so... Uh, so that was cool. I do like her sort of, I, I, you know, that's, that actually brings up a good point. I would like to see them establish the, and I feel like they, they kind of have already in a way with, with, with Simon, I would like to see them establish construct themes for Simon and Jessica, the same way that, you know, it, it was said during Rebirth, the Green Lantern Rebirth, the, the Jeff Johns Green Lantern Rebirth, that, you know, Kyle's an artist, so all of his constructs are very intricate, and he's never satisfied, and it's very artistic, and John builds his from the inside out because he's an architect, and, you know, <laughs> Kilowog's ring is the only one that makes a sound, uh, <laughs> you know, that kind of a thing. I'd like to see them establish things with, with Simon and Jessica in that same theme, because we do get sometimes Simon using a lot of like car parts or cars, so on and so forth. Uh, I do like how Jessica's kind of got like a cartoony vibe here. Uh, but I don't know if that would be what I would choose for her. But then again, as someone who like withdrew into herself and was living, you know, uh, you know, in, huddled in a corner in her apartment for like four years, it would make sense if she found joy, comfort, solace, and watching something as ridiculous as cartoons in that, you know, her, her constructs are based off stuff that makes her feel safe, such as zany cartoons or whatever she saw on TV. So it'd be cool to see like a thematic constructs of, you know, she's, you know, Looney Tunes or she's Game of Thrones characters, you know, whatever she is, was in, absorbed in, in to entertain herself with during those four years. I thought that'd be interesting. No, I think that would work. I think having some uniqueness and to distinguish again, with there are and, and not and not just Emerald Sight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm bullshit. Um, one thing, one thing, Seely was obviously has picked up on, which which is unfortunate. That I guess he's going to continue these these Simon make taking un, unnecessary, un, un illogical and un. Just let's say unnecessary shots at Guy Gardner all the time because we get another one in this issue. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's got a he's got a grudge against Guy Gardner, so Bullfunga can't be all bad. I mean, come on, give it a. And that, it's like now, so now we get so now seemingly with Simon, he's got this dick a wave a waving contest and with uh with, in his own mind with Guy, it seems on some level that he always has to take a shot at Guy just be, or unless he, unless unless you want to psychoanalyze him to say that because he's kind of like. Because he's kind of like on the outs, or he's used to being on the outs, like even at home on Earth, because of the way people view him, that he's so desperate to fit in, so he's just looking for the one guy everybody else makes fun of to make fun of too, so he can become more popular, or be a little less of it, a little less unpopular, because this guy's more unpopular than me. 
I, I, I don't I don't see it that way though. I see it as more of like and it doesn't paint either well, it doesn't paint Simon in a good light to see him this way, but I almost see seem like Guy and and Simon have similar personalities and Simon's trying to just tear him down because oh like he's not a true badass like I am. <laughs> you know, like I almost see it kinda like that. Because Simon does have that ego about him. So I feel like it, you did say, you know, I mean, it's essentially a dick measuring contest. Uh, that Simon, it's, it's a one sided one because yeah, I don't think you're going to see. So, which, which by default means guy wins. <laughs> because hey, man, guys, used to, guys used to dealing with our kilo, so Simon, go away. <laughs> Simon talking shit about him. He's just like, uh, and I'm supposed to care because. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah that, that, it is, it is, it's still, it, it's still petty. See, I, it, see, it's it's. I really don't know if it's more petty than the crap we keep getting with with Kyle related to Hal, but at least, and I certainly can't say it's any it's any more annoying than what happens because the Kyle and the Hal stuff. I just wish it would just go away because there's because there was nothing ever in their relationship in the past that was like that. So that's just a choice. This is. And that and it, it's similar because up until up until this book started, I don't think there was ever any animosity or any constant joking on guys uh, at guys' expense by Simon. But I don't know. It just it, it's like everything else. Once once you're consciously aware that it happens and it happens repeatedly, it's really easy to notice every single time it yeah. happens. And that that, gra- that grabbed me, that grabbed me right away. Uh, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the retcon. Of Bullfunga. I know they don't entirely walk it back um, by the end of your issue, but they, they kind of like hint at at least, you know, kind of like giving you a, as happy a medium as you could to what he was before what we found out about him here. Yeah, they, they make it seem like the whole. Because it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't when he robbed the bank planet, part of his plan was to get caught so he could blackmail the. The the Green Lantern Corps with what he knew about Tomar Ray. I mean Tomar too. I th- I think I think so, or I th- or either that or that was his backup plan. But I, I don't. Yeah. But but yeah, he he clearly was pre- he clearly was prepared for that. So yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 not. I didn't like. I first of all, I'm so. At least they do give you an explanation, even though you kind of get two versions of it. But now you kind of can kind of figure out why the Green Lanterns think they saw one thing when you know when we know what really happened. But at least we get some kind of explanation for why Bullfunga was out, because that made no sense. Because we just saw him on ice not that long ago for something fairly relevant. It wouldn't make any sense why he would be out on parole. Speaking of which, I don't know about you, but I never saw the science cells this way. I never saw the science cells. No. And I, I, and I have a big issue. Like with a that. traditional prison yeah, system. I saw the science cells exactly as what we saw them. They were in those science cells. <laughs> they didn't go. They didn't all go to a mess hall and eat and shower together and crap. Because that was just asking for trouble for in eight thousand different ways. So at least even though if you want to be if you want to be honest, it certainly gives it a good. It gives you a good explanation for why people keep friggin' escaping. But yeah, I I have I personally have an issue with that. I have an issue with. Having the inner workings of the science of the science cell being just like any other, any other prison where all you know, like the, there's a, literally like a gen pop where, you know, well maybe the very worst of the worst don't get out, but the you know but the but there's a general population where 
the rest of the majority of the crappy people that we have in, in prison will, go, will all interact. Now, it's, now it's interesting. You can. It's not original. I, I'm, and that's not taking a shot. It's just being honest. It's not like you know. This, this is how you in, in most people's mind. This is how you envision prison to begin with. But it's an interesting take because we've never seen it that way. So that so on that level, there's a creativity to it because it's the idea is not original, but but because we haven't seen anybody approach it, it's it's, it's a it's a different take. It's a creative take. Yeah, I don't yeah. like it though. I don't. That's not how I see saw the science cells, and I don't think that's overly overly practical. But. Yeah, and you know, in terms of both fungus character, you do get some kind of hints that he's. Just a braggart, uh, you know, making things up for his own reputation. Because he's saying, he's like, does my reputation not precede me even in this rural water drop? I, who urinated upon Mogo's <laughs> face for months and laughed. Anybody who remembers the original story where Bolfunga and Mogo were introduced, which was called Mogo Doesn't Socialize, written by Alan Moore, will remember that when Bolfunga landed on the planet looking for a Green Lantern to kill, he, yes, urinated, quote-unquote, upon <laughs> Mogo's face, but that was because he was living on the planet trying to hunt <laughs> down a Green Lantern. And then once he realized that the Green Lantern was the planet, he ran like a little bitch. <laughs> so... And, 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 both, and, and sp speaking of measuring contests, Bullfunger would have to be extremely talented to, to, to urinate and not urinate on Mogo's surface when he was standing on Mogo. <laughs> <laughs> Unless there was no gravity on Mogo, that's something else, but there was. So I don't see how he could not urinate on Mogo, <laughs> along with everything else, any other animal that was living on Mogo, but hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mogo's fine with, you know, plant life and things dying on him and so on and so forth, but, you know, waste, no. <laughs> the, the minute, the minute like a... A deer takes a piss. It just Mogo's gravity changes and it floats upwards out into the atmosphere. <laughs> ridiculous. All right, you ready for thirty-six? Or yes. we have anything else about thirty-five? All right, so thirty. Uh, well, we had such a smooth exchange. I don't know if there was. I don't think there was anything else um, in in this issue. Even though I, I did the, the twist of it being his dad was kind of cool because it kind of. You can understand Bullfungus kind of his quandary at least. <laughs> um, so uh, thirty six, Oh Bullfunga, where art thou? Part two, writer Tim Seeley, artist Ronan Cliquette. There is not a, an inker listed, so I'm assuming Ronan Cliquette did his own inks. Colorist Hi-Fi, letterer Dave Sharp, cover by Mike McCone and uh, Rebeard. Um, Variant cover by Brandon Peterson, assistant editor Andrew Marino, and editor Mike Cotton. <laughs> yeah, he, he's finally gone, it seems. <laughs> Ding dong, the witch is dead. Good witch, the mean old. Anyways, um, so um, we open up not where we left off. We're taking a jump forward in time, essentially. Uh, Simon and Jessica, and, it, and because of the context of how the rest of this story is being being told. I'm not going to do a page one, page two, page three, page four breakdown. I'm going to sort of do a very um, overall encapsulation. So it's not going to be as detailed. Um, essentially, we have fast-forwarded in time to after this whole uh, situation has passed. Simon and Jessica are on MOGO in the Green Lantern Corps headquarters Essentially undergoing a trial slash 
uh, what would you call this? A, uh, it's an inquiry. Yeah, an inquiry into what had happened because somebody has died. Um, there is an alien being, member of the Green Lantern Corps, which presides over such matters. Uh, and in the room are people like uh, John Stewart, Guy Gardner, Chip, Kilowog, Aresia, so on and so forth. And they are telling the story of what happened. And what it, what's going to happen is after they're done t- telling the story, the Green Lantern Corps present is going to vote and decide, essentially, were Simon and Jessica within their rights? You know, what, what Were they at fault for what happened? Uh, so on and so forth. And they tell the story. Uh, Jessica tells the story. They, they, ca- they placed Bullfunga under arrest per John Stewart's orders in last issue. They were escorting him back to be taken away. Jo- uh, Simon went back to take care of his ship. Uh, and when uh, he went to do that, Singularity Jane was there. She then ate the ship. Um, they tried to send out a signal uh, for backup, and Singularity Jane ate that. Um, she shows up, says essentially, you know, I'm Bullfunga, I'm either here to take you or you need to kill your father. Essentially, that's her whole purpose here. The Green Lantern Corps tries to take her on. That doesn't work. She shoots back. Um, and Simon grabs Bullfunga and Boff and flies off while Jessica takes on Singularity Jane. She decides that, well, she's if her whole deal is trying to suck up as much energy as she can, then I'm going to overload her. So she shoves her ring in her mouth uh, and starts pouring on the power. Simon uh, cages up Bullfunga and Boff to go help up help out Jessica. But before he can get there, Jessica is sucked into Singularity Jane, into this sort of nightmare. I feel like she's there for days, weeks, whatever. And she's sort of reliving the moment where her friends died in the woods, the moment that um, kind of caused her to become um, ang- ang- anxious and retreat retreat a bit. While Simon is going to help Jessica, um, Boff enters a sort of mental episode where he believes a shaman has come to speak with him in the form of his son, but he's obviously a bit off of his off his rocker, so he doesn't really recognize that it's Bullfunga. And he's essentially saying, you know, I bless me, Father, for I have sinned, kind of, uh, but for their own world. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm ashamed of my son, and I have sinned because though I am ashamed of him, I still love him. Uh, I just wish that before I'm gone... He learns to stand up for himself and stop running away. Uh, And then Simon arrives, whips Jessica out of Singularity Jane. She attacks, uh, is getting ready to attack, and then she stops because the contract is fulfilled and payment has been tendered. And we see over in the cage, Boff is dead and Bofunga is standing over him. The Green Lantern Corps cast their ballots, and according to... This individual uh, who's presiding over this, the Corps has ruled that the agents acted in defense of each other in extenuating and dangerous circumstances and will be reinstated full duty. Thanks to the agent's work, Singularity Jane will be added to the universe's most wanted list. For prejudicial treatment of Bolfunga of Cephelia, I sentenced Corps leader John Stewart to a week guarding science cells and a course in prisoner rights as per Owen Charter laws. 
And John says, I accept a sentence, and Baz and Cruz, you can return to your station. John asks who was Singularity Jane. They both pause for a moment. She was the devil. She was a walking black hole. She was a lawyer, and she's out there looking for more clients. And then over on Ungara, we see the Molites settling into their new habitat, which is just kind of a small place walled off from the rest of Ungara, and a bunch of Ungarans are protesting. Molites go home. And then over on Mogo in the science cell prison, Bolfunga is back to his old ways, taking on various people. And you can see he's now standing up for himself. After he even dropped the soap, they had to throw that in there. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll say this. I like this issue uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all, I like the art. Second of all, I like the idea of sort of like this bottomless black hole power set. Um, There's not much you can do to this person. Uh, I like that they didn't beat her. That was just sort of, they found a weakness, tried to exploit it, and it didn't work out at all. Um, and she was about to wreck shop, but then the contract was fulfilled, so nobody really won there. Um, but the primary thing I like is something I've been saying for a while. I like seeing the core in action, doing more than just taking on a big universal threat or taking on a mission in a various quarter. We are seeing the process of the core more than just them slinging rings and stuff. We're seeing they have laws, they have inquiries, they have uh, a, a governmental structure. There are rules set in place. And I do like too, that nobody's above board. Even the leader of the core, John Stewart, who essentially told them, Oh, Bofunga's nobody. Just don't believe him, arrest him, bring him in. And that's what led to all this trouble, is because John didn't give it a second thought. So he recognizes his own fault in all of this, takes that and says, I accept the sentence of, you know, science cell duty and (laughs) essentially going through to a class, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. So I, I do like seeing the procedural aspect of it. Don't get me wrong. If we focus too much on procedure, we're going to get super bored with a space action comic. But I do like that we see it. And I think it's a good way to see it in that we're seeing it in flashback. You know, they're they're already there in this inquiry. But we're because they're telling the story, we're seeing the story as part of the procedural. So I like that. So what you're saying is you don't want to see a three issue, a three issue miniseries, John John Stewart sensitivity training. <laughs> no, but you know what's funny? One of the most popular stories of the Flash was a series, not a series, but a story arc called The Trial of Flash, which lasted, God, I don't know how many issues, but a lot of issues. And when the Flash comes back from its break, not to spoil anything, the only thing that's out there is the name is the name, uh, the Trial of Flash. <laughs> so it's very interesting <laughs> that, that that comics have done this in the past, and it bored the hell out of me. So you know how um, we have the black and white showcase editions, the the reprints of various series and stuff that you can buy in various volumes for. 15, 20 bucks or whatever. Yep. Super thick. There's one dedicated <laughs> to the Trial of Flash story arc that's the same thickness 
as the other volumes. That's how long the Trial of Flash storyline went in comics. <laughs> uh, so that was interesting. Um, and uh, I, I just, I, as much as I like procedure and seeing that here, that is a prime example of I wouldn't want them to focus on it too long. <laughs> I can understand that. Uh, I kind of, I I like the stuff with Bullfunga and his dad. I like the fact that in a way that it was, it kind of opened the door for a little bit of rehabilitation of Bullfunga. Of course, for him to become threatening again. Yeah, which of course wouldn't it, there wouldn't be as much of a need to do the rehabil- rehabilitation if they hadn't emasculated him in the first part of the arc so much, but it accomplished something. It, and they just they kind of justify I mean as much as you can justify why he could, could bring himself to to kill his father because in his way by doing that his father was gonna in his own per, weird perverted way he's going to be proud of Bofunga since he's stepping up to the plate and and being a man by killing him plus it gives Bofunga something he can legitimately boast about that he's not exaggerating <laughs> and the fact that if even even when he's uh fighting the uh, the, uh, I don't know the, the ant the anteater looking guy on steroids. How you find? Well, that's out. one of the people he bragged about saying he's beaten before. Yeah, I know, and that's and that's okay. and that's one of the and I, that's where I was going. That 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 the reason why they have this conflict at the end is because of the fact that it's essentially Bullfunga was kind of asking for this. Bullfunga really yeah. was kind of like he wanted to bring. So this wasn't really this really wasn't an, exa- an example of him being picked on. He kind of was he was looking for the opportunity this time to try to like kind of like continue that rehabilitation of. Uh, <clears throat> so I did I did kind of like that, but. I mean, yeah, Bofunga, he's almost kind of, um, his world is almost kind of Cesarnian in a way. I mean, like, whenever you see Lobo, traditional Lobo, and you talk about the stuff that he's done and in the contracts he's taken, his, his outlook on the world, that's not just Lobo. That was his entire race before they were obliterated by him, depending on the story you read. So while we can see Bofunga... Uh, in a certain light and say it doesn't matter he killed his dad and blah 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 for the for this twisted reason it doesn't matter because in his culture he's done the right thing that's true which i think is an interesting way to go about this i mean it was it was was not a it was not a bad arc there were some choices that i you know maybe i wouldn't have done and the and some some of it's Again, details not necessarily not necessarily the main points of the story, but like the details, like the stuff in the science cell and things like that. But it was okay. It yeah. was like, it was okay. I mean, it let's let's see what let's let's see where they go with this and where they pick up on and go with it down the road and where they go from here when it comes with Bullfunga and Singularity Jane. That might determine that in a way that might determine whether this arc is a little better. You know, is a little better than it seems right now. Whether it's and and a, whether it just becomes a somewhat entertaining arc we, that's quickly forgotten, or whether it's it's relevant down the road, either because of Singularity Jane, or because you know both because we get a different kind of a different kind of bullfunga. Um, but it wasn't bad. I mean, Seely's Tim Seely's not off to a, a bad start so far. 
Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, actually, my, my least favorite part of this arc is actually not part of the arc proper. It was the ending of, of, of the prior arc that introduced this. When we saw Bullfunga, and then that's for the first time in this, in this, this title. Because he's yelling at a wacky, waving, inflatable, arm-filling tube man thing. Yeah, that's, which yeah. was just stupid. Like as 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 you were talking about like demasculating him or whatever, uh, in 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 this story arc, it, you know, kind of showing that all of his bragging was um, was ridiculous and, and and boastful. That just made him look stupid and silly. So that that part bothered me. Yeah, I almost did forget about that, but yeah, that's that's. That's kind of the bullfugger we got in this arc, kind of, sort of. I mean, this, this is kind of who he is, so. But maybe, again, maybe this, right. will, maybe this will open the door and he'll and he'll be more of the badass that at least we were, now, that we, we thought he was or we were led to believe he kind of was or he led us to believe he kind of was. <laughs> <sighs> All right, anything else to say about these two issues? No, not really. I, I'm... Let's see where the whole the whole Molite thing goes with Angara. I mean, I, I I'm kind of hoping for a happy ending there because I feel bad for the Molites. <laughs> <laughs> I do. The Molish. I, I, I'm a softie for those Molish. Um, since it's the first regular episode of 2018, I thought I'd throw it out there. I did post a tweet a little while back towards the uh, end of December asking people what they wanted to hear from us in the new year. I thought that'd be interesting. We could talk about it for a second or two. Uh, Dwayne said reviews of Elseworlds and audio stories. So I think he's talking primarily, other than, of course, the Elseworlds, he's talking about like the uh, graphic audio adaptations of books. Um, Brian said, it, I think it would be cool to do specials primarily focusing on each individual Earth Lantern. Uh, Jack says... It could be even better if Lantern Cast could flush alien lanterns, helping to create a demand for more alien stories. This could be supported by actively reaching out to DC Comics editorial. Quite Perganza tomorrow. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we just got his number two. <laughs> but I thought we could talk about it. I mean, we, we, we obviously, listeners... This conversation does not mean we are committing to anything. <laughs> there is there is our disclaimer. But what sort of stuff should we, are you thinking we would uh, tackle in uh, 2018? Any story arcs that we had planned to cover at some point in the past that we didn't get around to last year, or stuff that you've wanted to do before, or anything like that? I assume you're talking to me, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say we'll be waiting a while to get listener feedback. I'm trying, I'm trying to. Well, with us lately, we'll be waiting a long time to get listener feedback. We've been in a, episode 300 is done, so I guess the, I guess we'll, we'll be waiting another six months to get some to get some feedback, email wise. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think if there was an. Oh yeah, there's there's still some, we still didn't we still didn't do that 80 page giant with uh, Raycar Raycar Carriot. Mm -hmm. I mean that's still something that's. I would say that's that's definitely something we're going to do this year because that was we were kind of close to doing that the Green Lantern of Apocalypse we were we were close to doing that multiple times last year but it never it never really panned out um, 
No. I was thinking we could do um, at some point that Doomsday Annual. Yes, I like the Doomsday. The Doomsday Annual is awesome on onto itself. Even if I mean we can justify it, it's because because there is a Green, Green Lantern tie into it. You know, right in one of the stories is Green Lantern related. But the but but that. But that one still. Oh, and we still we still we didn't do. We didn't do. Speaking of the year one annuals, we didn't do the Hal and Kyle swapping places. Okay, yeah. We didn't mm-hmm. do that one. We we still didn't do uh, the last one on Testament of Hal Jordan. Legacy. Yeah. I know you're not gung ho to do that one. I'm I'm not gung ho to do that one. No, but we can. It's it doesn't matter. We've done things we're not gun gung ho about before. <laughs> There, it just there, makes it more entertaining. <laughs> there, and there isn't there isn't a huge rush. There isn't a huge rush for that. Trust trust me. If the Spectre was actually involved in the story more than just being on, more or less being like, <laughs> like the, the the cab driver, if I remember correctly, <laughs> it turned out it was this Hal is the Spectre. If not for that, if he was a more relevant character, then I I would I would do I would do that in a heartbeat over in in the in the spinoff in pre-birth. Though I don't think Jim would be happy about that. <laughs> Either. Uh, uh, I was thinking we could finally do our first issues episode at some point. Yes. I just to, as one of those episodes we do to just kind of put a break up the monotony. Break up the monotony of doing all the Green Lantern stuff all the time. Yep. That's uh, uh, that's one. Speaking of which, uh, my first part, my first uh, Ultimate Collection, whatever of Werewolf by Night, that actually arrived the other day. Uh, does, it, does it look good? It looks really good. It, it just remind. It actually it reminds me a lot that I, I really thought I started reading Werewolf by Night earlier than, than apparently I did because not, none none of those none of the actual Werewolf by Night uh, series the, the proper series none of those issues that are in that book I actually read before. So I must have just I, so I thought I started in the early teens. Obviously I must have started more like the more in the late teens. Um, I think we were just about to get into the, to the arc where I think I jumped on. So, but but I think I did. Re, I think I might have had, the, even though I don't physically have it now. If I did, but I think I might have had the Marvel team up that has uh, Spider-Man and Werewolf by Night that's featured in that. Because I and I definitely so the, there's a lot of things in it that I it was it was an interesting read reading his first uh, appearances in what I wanted to say was Spot Marvel Spotlight, but I don't think that was it. I think it was a different title, and. So I, I, it was it was a, it was a cool read. It's definitely, I definitely will have to get the the second part. I'll have to get the second volume, to to keep it going at least. Um, so I just thought uh, good. I was thinking also we could do some Green Lantern stuff we've never, uh, maybe not never done before, but haven't focused as deeply on. Because I've always said before that if I have a green uh, a, a you know a blind spot in my Green Lantern reading, it would be like the eighties slash super early 90s right. and by that i mean before kyle rayner um that that kind of stuff i thought that'd be interesting you know like when green lantern became the green lantern core for a while um with like issue 200 201 something like that um maybe some of like the uh, e- even earlier than that when green lantern didn't have an ongoing title and was uh part of the flash backups you know some of the some of those parts of Green Lantern that we've never really focused on as part of the Lantern cast. We focused on the Kyle Rayner run pretty heavily. We focused on 
the Silver Age before. We've talked about the Golden Age a little bit, when of course, obviously, the John's era forward. But I feel like the 80s slash 70s, outside, of course, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, has been largely left out. So I thought it'd be cool if we started doing a few of those. Uh, I don't know if there's a specific arc or something, but, um, you know, like, I think we've talked about the third law before. Yes, we've talked. We have talked about doing doing that, and I was just going to say a lot of a lot of the Gerard Jones stuff that wasn't really that wasn't really covered, right? During, during the Jim, I don't think so. Jim and Dan days, I don't. I don't think there's also did. like the death of Star Sapphire stuff like that. There's the uh, the Engelhart and Staten uh, era, right? Len Wein, Dave Gibbons, that sort of era too. Um, so some of that would be interesting to talk about. Uh, either you know as a series you know like starting at a certain point and going issue by issue or just choosing random chunks the way we've done kyle rayner stories in the past um i think that would be cool to do you know basically any anything from uh before emerald twilight and after green lantern goes back from being green lantern green arrow to being green lantern again just kind of that that range, and of course, like I said, the flashbackups. Yeah, I think that's. I think some of that is certainly stuff we will. Pro- that it's certainly on the table, and depending and depending how the year plays out, we might have. Who who knows if they if they if they decide to start cutting one one or both of these books down on once a month, we're gonna have we're gonna have a lot more time. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. We'll have a lot more um, episodes to to cover. To, uh, I was also things. thinking. I was also thinking since I got these trades. Uh, of Swamp Thing, we could cover that issue of Swamp Thing that focuses on Green Lantern Metaphil. Yep. Since be. since I'll be reading these, that way I can provide context, and then we can just say we covered that issue. Since we've been talking about it, it'd be cool to see more alien Green Lanterns focused on. Yeah. <clears throat> that's that's the, and, and and you can't go wrong with Swamp Thing anyway. So. For sure. Um. But yeah, just I just again, none of this is a commitment, guys, for us to for sure cover all the stuff we've mentioned. But we just I, I thought it'd be fun for you guys to hear a spitball because Mark and I do have these conversations off air or on uh, Facebook Messenger or something like that. But I thought it maybe be interesting if you guys heard us do that live, so you can get an idea of where our minds are at, the things we're interested in covering. So maybe you can, for instance, I said. The 80s. Maybe there's a specific story arc in the 80s that you're like, oh shit! If you're talking the 80s, you should totally talk about this particular arc. You know, that'd be that'd be kind of cool to do. And plus, this is the 10 year anniversary of the Lantern Cast, so obviously towards the end of the year we'll have some more celebratory stuff for us to do. Um, but yeah, just it's our first official Green Lantern related episode of 2018, so. Thought to give you guys like a peek behind the curtain and see what we're thinking for the rest of the year beyond, of course, the standard monthly reviews. Yes, and it's kind of and with the reviews, I mean, we, it's, I mean, we may very well continue doing it the way we were, we ended last year and are starting this year by going, going, you know, I mean, for lack of a better way of describing it, staying arc centric and just doing a complete arc at a time. Um, I do like that, by the way. Uh, Although yeah, it, 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 it could it could get tedious if, depending on how long an arc is. 
No, I I agree, and and it might be, and it might be a little shakier to do with with the core because it seems like for right now it looks like um, Venditti seems to be into these th- these three four issue arcs minimum, so that could that could be problematic uh, depending on depending on the arc too. I, it, so we obviously reserve the right to at some point. Uh, we always have the option anyway, but just to say it may, it may, it may beat wise. It may make sense at some point to go and just go back and, and start start up again and do all the Green Lantern titles for a month and all the core titles in the, for a month and have one episode for each book. But we'll see. Right now, obviously, we're sticking with we're sticking with the arcs, so that's why we'll do. We'll do we'll do the controllers next. We'll do Hal on the core, those four issues next, and then depending, and then we still have other things cooking. But probably, but then we'll for, as far as regular episode issue reviews, uh, then we'll probably be back to Green Lanterns to fin- to do the, uh, the the arc that's going on now since the General Zod thing starts and Hal on the core next, and that's going to be at least three to four issues too. What is uh, this? Is it Red Tide? Is that what we're calling this next arc? I think so. I think it is. I don't. I don't have uh, thirty-seven next to me to know what they what they called it. Yeah, I think it's just. I. I. I it's just a. I, I think it's just the Red Tide arc. I don't think that's the official name of it, but I think that's probably what what we'll end up calling it. But the, <clears> yeah, but the, the odds are. But that's probably the way you know we're going to approach it. Let's see, actually, if, let's see if this will tell me what. But uh, world of our own, hmm. a world of our own is what the uh, 37 and 38 for Green Lanterns. That's what it's technically called. <clears throat> I'm curious to see what's going to happen with the General Zod arc because not not just because it'd be I'm curious to see what they plan to do with it in general, but just because. I don't know about you, but most every other DC comic I've been reading the past month or two has an ad for that arc in it. So for some reason, they think it's going to be a big deal. Yeah, I really have mixed feelings on that because I don't, I don't, I do not have a lot of interest in that arc inherently. Uh, so I, and I don't. It's going to be interesting to see. Well, and hopefully, it'll be interesting to see if they get enough real material to make it go as long as the arc seemingly is going to go, or whether this is going to be another arc that gets potentially stretched out and there's a little bit too much filler in it, and the arc could have been a little shorter. Because we've seen, because let's be honest, we have, we certainly have seen a whole bunch of those. Yeah. That, uh, boy, the arc probably could have at least been one, you know, one issue shorter than it turned out to be. So. For sure. All right, man. Uh, you want to tell people how they can reach us? Lanterncast at gmail.com. That's the best way to contact us. Check out our website, lanterncast.com. We are on uh, Facebook and Twitter, hashtag GLCast, to locate us on either of those. iTunes and Stitcher, we are on both. So whichever platform you leave us, I mean, you listen to us on, excuse me, please leave us a positive review. And last but not least, the voicemail, 708-Lantern. Uh, voicemail's kind of been quiet lately, so <laughs> we need some feedback. Corwin, this means you. So uh, let us know what you think, what you want to hear, what you what your thoughts are on this arc, or anything else that we've talked about that's, that's, that's coming down the road or books that you've been reading that we haven't even gotten to yet because we'll just obviously address those 
uh, all that content and that feedback when we get to review those issues in particular. So, For sure. All right, guys. Next episode, I guess we're talking the controllers and Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. And uh, otherwise, we'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night.